it's working. Oh, we got there. <laughs> Yay. I'm, uh, okay. Uh, note to self. Tell speakers to use their phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And and we've obviously lost our own. Well, we had Andy as a listener who was listening live. Um, so sorry, Angie. But um, hopefully if you're still, you know, um, see the notification, there's been about 53 million of these live streams that have started. Thanks, Emma, for coming along. Evening, everyone. Um, welcome. Episode four of Rainbows and Bullshit. Which, um, yeah, <laughs> it is, you know, making progress. We are making progress. I am super, super duper excited because tonight, uh, in the spirit of International Women's Day, we are joined by an incredible woman who I know and love and who has been part of my story for, oh God, and when did we, so when we were talking about this earlier on, uh, for at least I think four years now nearly yeah, um it has been hasn't it it's been a, it's been a minute <laughs> a hot minute <laughs> a hot minute so um I'm delighted to be joined by Emma Palmer I'll let Emma introduce herself more fully in just a minute um this podcast as well is in the spirit of International Women's Day so first and foremost happy International Women's Day um to all those incredible women out there who are showing up day in day out to make the world a better place um this one's for you uh emma and i i, I could go into like a whole hour of in, like how i know emma and what emma's helped and um, events that we've been at together and things but i just want to summarize it in a sharp clean way to say emma is a phenomenal ally in the diversity and inclusion space and i will now shut up and i will let emma uh, introduce herself to you all Thanks so much, Woosh. Um, and it's a real pleasure to be on the show uh, and to have been asked to do this. Um, but yeah, just a bit about me. Um, I'm an equity, diversity, inclusion and belonging leader. And I have a particular focus on LGBT inclusion and race equity. Um, I've worked with a number of businesses throughout the UK and internationally promoting inclusive workplace cultures and I do that through speaking, workshops, training and consultancy. Um, in a former life I began my career as a police officer for the Met Police and I've spent eight years in Lambeth, Brixton, one of London's busiest boroughs and after leaving the police after eight very long years, um, <laughs> Stonewall, where I helped develop and implement um, some of their programs that supported people navigate their workplace structures. And I'm now the director of community engagement at a talent management and EDI consultancy called Unleashed. And I lead on our arena network, which is basically a, a subscription model where we have two groups to entry, either individual or corporate. And within that, they get to access our community of HR and EDI professionals. They get access to a range of our events, etc. cetera. Um, but we really um, utilize our members, I guess, um, you know, the space that they're in and the things that they want to hear about and the things that they want to see. So I would engage with our members and our community to build it and to grow it and that's you know they're brilliant people they're from all 
life. Um, so I advocate for adults and ages and every passionate about mental well-being or um, And in terms of my work, I apply an intersectional level of experience a gay woman of colour by social Oh, um, you're cutting up a bit. Um, I'm not sure if you um, well, because those are really important bits. I know that you're that you're trying to come across it, but you're cutting up a tad. Can you hear me now? Yeah, better, yeah. better, better. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a bit of feedback there. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. Cool. Yeah. So as I said, I, I apply a, an intersectional lens to my work. Um, yeah. As a gay woman of color, it's really important to me that I use that parts of that, I guess, to drive social change and support people to understand EDI at, at all different levels. Um, and I'm also on the board as well of trustees at Mosaic LGBT Young Persons yeah. Trust. Wow. And I love I love what we do there. It's brilliant. Amazing. I mean, yes. Uh, first and foremost, this is inc- you. Uh, would you get a minute? Do you get like any time to yourself? No. Do you get any time? Um, to I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the last two years have really. Um, amplified that for me, trying to carve out yeah. my own time as well as do all the other stuff I do as well. So yeah, I try and find time for for me for sure. Good on, good on you, good on you, and wow, what an incredible uh, array of experience and um, different organisation. And I, actually, when you talk about Stonewall, you know, me and um, Emma met because um, Emma was facilitating a uh, workshop on one of the programmes that Stonewall was running at the time uh, for BAME uh, LGBTQ plus uh leaders and that's kind of how i how i um how i met um the lovely emma so yeah lots and lots to kind of get stuck into this so that's why i was really keen to to kind of have you on the show because this um it's international women's day and you know for so many of us um there's such identity is is not just one dimensional right mm-hmm. and that you know the kind of lens that you give to I think a lot of what you do and who you are um I think it's really important for people to hear that and to kind of learn from that and to kind of you know um uh listen to that so thanks for coming along um so also I'll get oh because so much to talk about so I'll get stuck in right I'll go straight so it's International Women's Day mm-hmm. which is incredible um, I've seen a lot of love today, actually, in terms of like posts and like people shouting out and profiling like amazing, strong women. Mm-hmm. Um, what and obviously the theme this year is break the bias, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean for you, Emma? Like break the bias. Mm-hmm. So how's what? Do you, how do you interpret that? Um, you're right. There's been so much online today, and it's been really lovely to see because I think representation is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me. Breaking the bias is all about challenging the status quo. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. And doing things a little bit differently. Um, but in the heart of that, it means two very distinct things that overlap. Breaking the bias is all about reflection and action. That That's my interpretation of it. Okay. Um, I think more and more are feeling empowered to define and redefine what being a woman means to them and, and mm. how it can be fluid. And I think that's mm. incredibly powerful. And the, yeah. re- and the reflective part of this is people feeling like they can interrogate their womanhood and their female identity outside of um, the typical gender roles and boxes that we're often put in. Yeah. <laughs> and placed in. Uh, <laughs> 
And I think regardless of sexual identity, I do think more, more and more people are starting to question things a bit more and go on a journey with their womanhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that for me is what the reflection piece is all about. Yeah. Um, I think female empowerment and being a woman is rooted in oppression and dominance from the patriarchy. Mm. Yeah, okay. But there's a real strength and a playfulness about redefining what being a woman is. And I think we should all be free to express that in, in whichever way we feel comfortable. And the second thing that I mentioned there was action. And this interrogation of womanhood is really empowering, but of course, when that happens, it doesn't come without backlash and debate from <laughs> who disagree with womanhood being redefined in the way that it is. And those people obviously have some very strong gender critical views that mm. um, I personally feel only serve to damage feminism. Yeah, okay. That's, you got into that real quick and I love that because that was one of the key, that was one of the key things I was, was excited about for this podcast because you know, you're absolutely a hundred, you know, a lot of what you said resonates um, with me as a queer person. And I think this is an opportunity as well through the, this podcast. You know, I know there's two kind of members of the, the LGBT community. You know, I, I get uh, the gender, I, gender identity and sexual orientation, right? Um, as you say, I think, you know, we need to move away from those rigid, the rigidity in which we've kind of created um, gender in our society actually and I you know 100% I love the word playful that you used just there because that is exactly that right it's exploring that with with no shade and kind of in a safe way and yeah. um, what how do you think that's affecting in our community so in terms of that gender debate how do you think that is for the LGBT community because I know there's been a lot of conversations you know we've probably you know all seen over the last few years so I guess what does that look like for us and how do we in light of International Women's Day what does that mean for us as an LGBT community? I think it's really difficult to speak on behalf of, of such a big community um, yeah, okay. that you're part of I think for me I can only you know I read what I read and I see what I see and I've got my social circle and everyone's a real mix of like you know uh, of people and they've all got different views beliefs whatever and yeah. I think for me personally and I've had this conversation with a friend recently um I think there's this idea that if you present yourself in a certain way so I'm a cisgender woman yeah and I like to express myself through what I guess wider society would say um masculine presenting or masculine mm. energy um you know I I like to wear t-shirts and, and trousers and, and brogues you know I don't yeah. necessarily fit the um the uh the feminine stereotype yeah okay and but I'm comfortable in my gender. Uh, I'm I'm proud and I'm, you know, comfortable being a cisgendered woman. Yeah. I often find that because I dress a certain way or present myself in a certain way, um, there's a question mark over um, my, my journey with gender. Yeah, 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 here. That masculine presenting women can't, um, can't live as cisgendered women. Um, yeah, yeah. And be comfortable with that and i think that's that's a really limited way to be and way to yeah. think yeah yeah um, and i think for you know particularly these 
these conversations that people are having about women-only spaces um, and being threatened by the trans community. Yeah. I just think it's ridiculous. And <laughs> Preach. It's a non-argument, you know. Um, I think that we need to we need to show more empathy and more compassion for the trans community. 100%. And this is one part of the LGBT community that hasn't progressed mm. in the way that, say, other parts have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's what I want to see change in the future. I am, um, like, so uh, with you on that uh, solidarity and... Um, support for the trans community because you know international women's day and gender you know as we talk we delve into what gender means for for people and how people show up but you know fundamentally they are part of our community fact you know that they're, they're the ones you know and I, I say this time and time again you know stonewall and the riots and you know the the the, the movements that sparked a global movement right and the, the privileges that we all enjoy in, in light of the movement and what that did you know the the the, the players in that movement were black trans women how how does that not necessarily translate into the story that we have now because whether it's you know how you identify with from within or who you fall in love with we're a community already divided or can be quite easily divided uh, in terms of fighting a heteronormative society why the hell would we want to divide ourselves even further what what would that achieve you know what would that achieve like for anyone yeah, it, it just doesn't achieve anything. Um, and I feel like there's so much divisiveness now um, in, in, in all communities. I feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's, such, there's so much unity, but there's also so much division. Like, oh, a hundred. You know, it's... it's Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's... And, it, and being in this space, like you and I know, being in this space, we, we, we're so passionate about what we do. But having that divisiveness and unity it's really confusing sometimes <laughs> you're kind of like well what am i like am i speaking about this or like okay okay let's shift into this like it's so difficult to like work out <laughs> it, it's so hard to work out like who 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 supports what and you know are they really genuine and and yeah you know, how much of it do they understand and, and and want to understand and so i feel like this you know going back to your question earlier about our community, the LGBT community, despite the challenges that we have, there has been progress, but um, the trans community is struggling for acceptance. Yeah, 100%. And equity. And I don't think we're moving fast enough um, in terms of reforming what needs to be reformed. Um, And I speak about the the Gender Recognition Act uh, in particular, there just seems to be several hoops that that people are going through um, and no decisions are being made. And it's affecting trans people and their rights to dignity. And and there are more and more barriers, which again, isn't isn't helpful. It's it's actually harmful. Um, So yeah, I think that identity politics and culture wars, they're probably the most hostile they've ever been. Um, yeah. And uh, you know what? What do we do, Wish? Do we we carry? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or do we kind of just say, you know, I need to stop for a moment and take stock because it is it is hard. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're moving at such a fast pace just in general. Like, you know, the pandemic's not even over and there's a war in in Europe. You know, like the amount of uh, the, 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 the pace within which the world is moving is insane. Technology, you know, uh, well-being, uh, you know, the world of work, global pandemic. These issues, as you rightly say, these issues affect people's lives. You know, the trans debate is, well, firstly, it shouldn't be a debate. <laughs> and secondly, you know, it affects people's lives. And these, these the, you know, the Gender Recognition Act, as you say, being you know, parts are being held up, the narrative that is being pushed. This is all affecting people's lives, but we need to give ourselves some time and space to be able to really unpack what that means to really do the best type of work that we can do and the most meaningful type of work that we can do so i completely completely get what you're you know um the the your 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 what you've said it really resonates with me emma so thanks for for um shining a light on that because i think it's important i think it's important about people from our community talking about this issue and i know we are but i think we need to, to vocalize it and i think we need to get behind the trans community you know i did think about that today in international women's day because mm. it's a triggering time for people who have very negative experiences of their gender as a result of uh, the world that they live in and as a result of the, you know, the, the decisions they've made to transition. And it should, it should never be like that. Never. No, I think you're absolutely right there. Mm. So, I mean, like this, yeah, so that's really, really insightful. I guess from your experiences, Emma, like what, and to, the reason I'm asking this is because I, you know, I am such a big um believer and I know you are intersectionality is and you know we did an event on this last year and like it's so so important it's a quote that keeps comes back to me time and time again and I, for, I forget who who mentions it and I will mention it in the comments when I find it but it's about you can't have inclusion for all uh, can't have inclusion for some without having inclusion for all and it's so important which is about um you know you're not just a woman right or you're not just gay you, you know you there's people that have very indifferent hats that they wear so i guess from your perspectives from an intersectional perspective have would are you willing to share some of the experiences that you perhaps had um as being i guess a woman of color um and some of the biases that you may have come across yeah yeah no happy to do, to share that um one that resonates and, and, and springs to mind immediately is um, when I was in the police. Um, and, and, the, and at this point, I was probably in the job for about five years, so I wasn't new by any means. Um, and there was a, we were on a, an operation in, in, in Vauxhall, and there was a fight between two men not far away from where we were. It had nothing to do with, with the operation that we were on. Um, so I remember saying to my sergeant at the time that me and my colleague, who was also a female, that we would both take it and we would just walk up there and see what was going on. So we accepted the call over the radio. But as, as soon as we did that, this sergeant, he had other ideas and basically said that we were too small and too fragile to it on our own. <laughs> um, okay. And those were the words he used as well. And he then sent what he called two big blokes instead. Oh, my God. and he said this over the radio to you? No, so he was he was our sergeant on the operation. He was there. Um, oh, well, oh, my God. And oh, my God. so, so our, me and my colleague, we were just standing together and we both said, oh, yeah, like, we'll take this, you know, we, we, we can go because no one else 
you know, offered to go. So as we accepted it on the radio, he then pulled us to one side and said, um, actually, you know, I think that you're too small and too fragile. He used the word fragile to to handle it. So, yeah, he sent two big, two big blokes off there instead. And how did that make you feel? I remember at the time it, um, we were just a bit perplexed because Mm. we, we had dealt, me and my colleague, we were both um, really good friends as well. And we often used to patrol together and we dealt with loads of, loads of different things. Worse yeah. things used to fight. Um, so I remember it really knocked our confidence, but only in that moment, because it, it, we didn't go away from that and think, oh, you know, like he doesn't think much of us. He doesn't rate us. We actually went back to the police station yeah. and we both sat down and agreed that we were basically going to call him back into the room yeah. and sit him down and challenge what he said. Yeah, yeah. And um, and just remind him that, you know, we were, we were capable and that we could have done that and that we didn't feel like that was the space for him to have said any of that, especially in front of front of our other colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. And did, so you had that conversation then? I remember I wrote some sort of notes down in my pocketbook because obviously this was turning into into a, a serious conversation. Yeah, of course. Um, so we call. Yeah, we asked him to come into this room with another sergeant as a witness, and we were both really calm. Like we were both very very calm, and we just said, you know, very articulately, um, we felt that it was a sexist comment that he made. Um, and we were more than capable of going to that call. Now, this this sergeant, he was, I guess, probably 25, 30 years in the job, so, you know, he was an old, an old school officer. Yeah. And he didn't say much. He apologised. I think he was, you know, he felt a bit embarrassed mm. um, and sort of went off with his towel between his legs, but <laughs> we... We felt that we were police officers, and the yeah, is to go to whatever you, whatever call that you're assigned to, regardless of gender. So we felt in that moment that he was being sexist, and he didn't see us as equals, and and challenged it. What a powerful example um, to share! Thank you so much for sharing that, Emma. I am um, also I'm constantly in awe of people that tap into their lived experience and dem- and relay that for the benefit of supporting um, others. I think that's incredible and that's a really powerful example. I would certainly put you on my speed dial if I ever needed <laughs> uh, protecting just by way of an FYI. Um, and, and that does happen nine times out of ten, the need to have someone, <laughs> especially after I've had a few. So um, I thank you so much for sharing that. It's such a powerful example. It's you know, and as you say, the calmness and the way in which you were able to articulate that, I think sometimes, you know, bias and when you experience it and then when you have to challenge, because you challenged it and that was an incredible example of you challenging that, um, that must have taken you know, a lot. And, you know, I just wanted to give you kudos for that, um, you know, on our show really for you to kind of, you know, because that, that's one example of, I'm sure, many that 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 involve such, not just retaliation it takes emotional um investment in in having to you know navigate that so um thank you so much for sharing i guess that brings me on to the next kind of question that i have which is like so 
break the bias is clearly our theme and i think we've really touched on some of the areas that you know bias shows up for people and, and some of the things that are really important to 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 especially uh, you know from an intersectional perspective so what advice i guess or if you have any kind of tips or hints i don't know if it's like tips and tricks because obviously this is a much deeper issue but if you had to kind of give some advice or kind of um uh, or pointers really to people who are looking to break that bias you know in their organization say what would that be um there's so much there's so much out there that, that i think people can tap into and start to think about and start to change i think before I give any sort of recommendations or things to think about, I I guess it would be nice for me to paint the paint the picture and just give some context um, in terms of how bias presents itself in the workplace. Because yeah, I think that allows people to work from there. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we we have made some progress, but discrimination or gender discrimination is still with us in the workplace. Um, there are definitely biases around the motherhood penalty, um, which is where women's pay decreases once they yeah. Have yeah. which is wild. Um, yes, yes. There's, there's stigma around caregiving and, and flexible working and things like that. So I don't think this is a thing of the past. I think it's very present. And if we're thinking about, you mentioned intersectionality earlier, this intersects with racial bias mm, mm, and I just preach. Wanted, you know and i just wanted to pull yeah. some stats um these are us centric and and you know I've, I've no doubt that this applies in the uk as well but in 2018 there was a study in the in the us that found the average the average annual income of a white woman was 80 percent of what a white man earned wow and for black and Hispanic women, that percentage dropped to 66 and 50. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah, that's huge. So, you know, this is this is real, this is present, and, and these things are still happening today. So when we think about discrimination and how toxic it can be in the workplace and in society generally, you know, we all spend a lot of time at work. We all spend a lot of time with colleagues and if you're discriminating against people, particularly women, that feeds into who you choose to hire, who you choose to promote. And if you're basing all of that on someone's gender, this is harmful, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hundred. And so what what can people do, I, I guess, to break the bias? Well, I think, you know, if you're in the workplace, start with recruitment. Yeah, okay. First barrier that women face at work is getting just getting their foot, getting our foot in the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> finding jobs, applying for jobs, it's not easy. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. And a lot of that can be tainted by imposter syndrome. So employers really need to de-bias their recruitment processes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think thinking beyond diversity as well and prioritising equity and inclusion is probably yeah. the best place to start. Yes, absolutely. I was having that chat today, actually. Um, um, such an important piece. Such an important piece. And I and I think they often get um, jumbled together as if they're if it as if it's all homogenous when it actually isn't. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of companies 
think if I have a diverse workplace, that's enough. I, I, yeah, everything's going to be solved. No. Everything's going to be solved, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's not, you know, diversity is is the outside. It's your shop window. It's the external, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But, but, 100 you know, you only reap the benefits of that when it's com- combined with EDI, so and belonging as well. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. If if you're a company or you're a hiring manager and you're hiring people from underrepresented groups with these massive recruitment drives, which we see, but you've done nothing to address the systemic imbalances and toxic environments, then you're potentially harming those people that are coming through your organisation, and this is dangerous. And, and you're wasting your money. <laughs> exactly you're wasting your money and that's where it hurts companies their pockets yeah absolutely those are really really helpful you know that 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 bit between diversity and inclusion you just capture that so well and that that different i i push that further and say like if you focus on making your workplace as inclusive as it could possibly be you don't even worry about your recruitment because people will apply so if you on you know you've sought out your maternity you know that will amplify your social you know there's so many different things that will mm-hmm. signal to people that you are actually you know you want to create a community for people that 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 um you know is is safe you know psychologically safe yeah. so um i think that's fantastic feed um kind of point is i'm going to ask you a few um kind of final questions uh they're more like kind of like um, quick fire ones as we kind of end our session um so i want to ask you firstly is there a woman who you uh, are inspired by that you want to shout out about and that you know we need to that, or, or, or that you wanted to kind of raise awareness of so who is there someone for you there's a couple of women actually for me um for me i'm always i always come back to maya angelou yeah okay yes um she just she's so powerful and um yes you know in everything that she writes or wrote was um it was for everybody you know um absolutely 100 yeah she specifically talked about um the black struggle and female empowerment but you know what she wrote was was for everyone um i don't know one person that doesn't um hasn't been impacted by what she's written in some way Yeah. yeah her words but everything they were and yeah you know we'll we'll read those words in in 50 years time and poignant absolutely they did back you know yeah back then um and another woman actually that has come into my life um and inspires me in so many ways as a friend of mine called lou caulfield okay Um, she's 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 otherworldly. I said that to her today. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> she's, she's brilliant. Her mind is um, her mind is different. She just thinks differently. And she she's all about community. And she's all about um, building safe spaces uh, for people, whether that's strange, complete strangers or, or friends in her life. And she's always there for others. And... I just think that she's an incredibly um, beautiful woman that has changed my life, actually, and impacted me um, in, in some really lovely ways. So I just want to give her a little shout out. Well, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. What an inspiration. She sounds inspirational. 
and uh, I'm definitely going to give her, I'm going to definitely reach out to you separately and be like, I need to know more. <laughs> um, final, final question from me then is what are you doing to celebrate International Women's Day for you today? Or what have you done? I've, my, my, my head has been glued to the laptop today. <laughs> working, I've, um, I ran, a, I, don't, I didn't personally run this masterclass, but um, we, through what I do at work, we run um, monthly events and we ran a masterclass today on belonging. So um, yeah, I was involved in having some conversations around that, um, which linked really nicely to today's um, theme. So that was, yeah, that's probably what's taken up my day. Um, Fantastic. Always giving, Emma, always giving. <laughs> always giving, never taking. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've just been working and, and just, you know, trawling, uh, going down Instagram rabbit holes, looking at all the yeah. amazing, um, great bias posts that I've seen. Um, and I did a 5K run. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah, that was that was my day. <laughs> amazing. Well, hopefully there's something lovely this evening for you to um, celebrate you. And, and uh, we could not be, I could not be more grateful for um, you coming along. So thank you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. This has been such a inspiring conversation for me. Uh, like you, I've had my head in a laptop uh, most of today. So by seven o'clock, I was um, feeling, you know, excited, however, slightly um, low energy, shall we say, after the day we've had. And, and I don't know how, but you've managed to like re-energize me. So I don't know what to do with all this energy now <laughs> uh, after this, but honestly, thank you so, so much for coming to our show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. It's um, a real pleasure, Wish. Thank you so much. And I also just want to shout out you because you've come oh. You've created a space to have these conversations and um, yeah, you're always so, you know, you're, you're always on the button with this stuff. Um, oh, bless you. And I just want to say thank you for um, boosting me because I've had a bit of a, a lull day as well. So um, I feel really energised now. Oh, well, I, it's an absolute pleasure. And thank you for that shout out. Um, that wraps up our second part of our International Women's Day podcast. I uh, hope you have um, enjoyed the session as, as I certainly have. And I will see you guys on our next episode. So take care and uh, good evening.